Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And we are chatting with you in these days of, let me see, these are the end of July days, and it was the end of March days when we first began sheltering and the world began changing around us with regard to a virus, coronavirus, covid and now I'm not sure what everybody calls it anymore. I think they just talk about it in an abstract way. But we're all wearing masks these days, aren't we? And we're all wondering about when will this end? There's been a lot of conversation in my world about the new normal. And when will the new normal come to be normal? Or will we ever go back to the old normal? A lot of questions, a lot of questions. I think far more questions than answers. And in many ways, I think that's a good thing for all of us. I've been thinking about so many things with regard to all of you. Thank you for your engagement with me about introducing your friends to me. We do want to know your friends, and thank you. I still have a few books left, and that may mean that you haven't invited everyone you know yet. And I've been sending those books to places all around the country, and one of them I sent out of the country. So thank you very much for engaging with that. Because of that, I have decided that in the month of August, I'm going to introduce you to some of my friends. Aren't friends a wonderful thing? And we recently talked about friendship, and we're going to talk about friendship again. But I'm going to introduce you to a few of my closest friends, and maybe a couple of my not-so-close friends, and we'll talk about whatever they want to talk about. But I think one of the reasons why you introduced me to your friends was because you value what I have to say and how I say it. And I want you to know that I value your joining us I'm grateful for it. I'll be glad to know when people stop listening and I'll stop speaking. But right now, we are grateful for your letting us know you're out there. Remember, we are a 501c3 organization. And even in these trying times of your economics, if God calls you to make a donation, please go to our singing and dancing website and push the button give and we'll be grateful to receive your gift. We're talking um, about money, about resources, about how to train your children, about understanding what God's Word says about it. Do you have a hard time talking about money with your husband? My husband and I had for many decades until we put it under some control. Well, today I want to say to you one simple sentence. Every penny matters. Every penny matters. That's a very old quote. And another one that follows it is a penny saved is a penny earned. Now you all know that a hundred pennies makes one dollar. And to a child, one penny, one dime, one quarter, one dollar, one five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar, hundred dollar, ten thousand, every penny it takes to add up to it. So there are $10, how many pennies are there? And there are $20, how many pennies are they? And 
if you did like we did with our child, we literally had those props. So it's quite significant to watch a hundred pennies. I can remember Anissa and her cousin like grabbing a handful of the pennies and the hands weren't very big and they thought they had a lot. Now, of course, kids don't hanker too much for pennies, do they? They don't even want dimes and quarters and nickels. They want dollar bills or is it ten dollar bills or, or more? But when our daughter was um, just turning 14 years old, she was going to be a nanny for some missionaries in France for the summer. And it was a golden opportunity. She was just turning 14. Uh, she had this invitation come, and as a family, we talked about it. And of course, remember, one of my great wonders of the world is being able to travel. And so, I, I, of course you should go, honey. Now, she was a little more apprehensive, and after the three of us talked about it, and we prayed, and we thought about it, then we figured out a way to put her on this plane to get her to that plane, and she would be well taken care of. She was going, and then came all the preparation. Well, a few days, just a few days before she was ready to get on that big adventure by herself, she said, Mom, are you going to forget me while I'm gone? And I very cavalierly said, oh, honey, I could never forget you, thinking much less about the statement than there was attached to it. But a few days later, as we were leaving the grocery store, she said it again, and this time I paid attention, and I said, Anissa, I could not forget you, but you know what I'm going to do? Every time I get a penny and I had a handful of change from the clerk, how many years ago was it she just turned 50, okay? This is 36 years ago, all right? And I had a handful of change, and I said, every time I get a penny this summer, I'm going to cause that penny to remind me to think about you. <gasps> she was just quite content with that. I looked back on it, and I thought, what a simple thing. I don't even know why it came to my mind. I'm going to trust that it was of the Lord. So I took all the pennies, and I put them in a bowl. I didn't have to feed the bowl. I just wound up with a lot of pennies that summer. And when she came home, I showed her the bowl, and her face was just, expression was priceless, literally priceless, that she recognized this as a good thing, that I thought about her every time I had a penny. Well, then I thought, what am I going to do with these pennies? Like, what am I going to do with these pennies? And so I decided to roll them up and take them to the bank. But before I could do that, I thought maybe we should save these pennies towards something that would have to do with Anissa's life. And so I said to her one day, what do you think about we save all of our pennies and we'll use it if you decide to get married to buy you a wedding dress? And she just beamed. She thought that was the greatest idea. And my husband, who is much more, economically sound than our 14-year-old daughter was at that time, or me even. I had no idea how many pennies you might have to save to be able to buy a wedding dress. But we began to save pennies. And our daughter got married when she was 32 years and seven months old. Do you know how many pennies we had saved? Over 120,000 pennies. Okay. 120,000 pennies. And if those of you who have read my book on organization and see the box that I use for a box system to store your 
goods in to keep them organized so you know where everything is. The question is, did you ever have something you knew you had and couldn't find it? Well, that'll be changed if you use the organizational system that I talk about in my book called Secrets to Getting More Done in Less Time. 120,000 pennies rolled up first of all, had to be moved on a dolly. They could not be moved. I remember the first time I went to pick up the box and I said to David, I can't move the box. And he said, well, we better leave it there. <laughs> and we did. We left it right where it was. And we had two full boxes. We had to put them on a dolly, three boxes, two full ones and one. And we had to put them on a dolly. And guess what? The bank was not happy about getting all of those pennies. But she bought her wedding gown with that money and her bustier and her veil and that's what it cost. And we had saved those pennies. Every penny does matter. We're saving pennies for our granddaughter's wedding gown now, although my daughter recently told me that they're saving dimes too. I think dimes are about the same size as pennies, and they'll probably need that more for the dress that our granddaughter may want to buy. Well, what's that got to do with what we've been talking about? Well, I want to remind you that God says it's all his and that God gives us his stuff to use, and he calls us stewards. Stewards. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards, of all of us, we are all stewards, to be found faithful, to be found faithful. The IRS indicates that 1.7% is all the average American gives in charitable donations throughout the course of one year, which averages out to be about 25 cents a day. And that averages out for Christians to be a bit more than the average for Americans, and that averages out to be about $1 a day. That would be $365. Well, if you think about that, it doesn't feel very generous when <clears throat> we think about what things cost in America. That number has steadily been growing. And because we are privileged to have the millennials in our world these days who are very giving and very generous and very philanthropic, those numbers have gone up exponentially in the last 15 years, and they are expected to continue to grow. But I want to say about that is the opposite of being generous is what? Selfish. And it is easier to give away someone else's money than it is to give away your own money. And I want you to be conscious of what God calls us to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, he says that Christians are to give themselves to the Lord. We give ourselves to God. We surrender ourselves. The word surrender in the life of someone who follows Christ is a word that continues all the days of your life from the very first surrender, which is to say that I am not my own and that God has promised us that if we will acknowledge that he is God and we are not, and we will ask him to be the Lord of our lives instead of ourselves, that is a surrender, and it is the first surrender of what amounts to a life of surrender. He calls us to continue to surrender ourselves to him. We give ourselves to God. Because he needs us? No. 
because he wants us. He doesn't need your money. He already owns all of your money. He wants you to be a generous person and not a selfish person. And every time you give of yourself generously, time or money or your stuff, you show to him that you are trying to steward everything he gave you. I remember coming to that stewardship issue when it was something more to me than just the dollar I had in my pocket or the money I had in my bank account or what I had decided as a young woman, what I was going to pay in tithe, and then what my husband and I decided. And did you and your husband talk about it? Is it on the gross? Is it on the net? Is it 10% because that's what we've always heard? Is it more? Is it before you pay your bills to help you not make as many bills? Families need to do these conversations together couples and families and we need to be training our children in a couple of shows that i will do next week we're going to talk about things that you can be doing to teach and train your children how to be generous with themselves with themselves psalm 51 tells us that god is generous and he asks us to have generous spirit In Proverbs, he says, the generous soul will be made rich. He says in uh, Matthew that the good and faithful servant who he gave to be faithful over a little, he would make him in charge of a lot. And I think sometimes the less we have, the more careful we want to be. But the pattern that you establish in your generosity, in your giving, in your acknowledgement that every penny matters, that every one penny that adds up to a hundred pennies, that adds up to a dollar, that adds up to a five dollar or a ten dollar or a hundred dollar or a ten thousand dollar check to the church or to a worthy organization. Your ability to be generous is your ability to surrender the belief that you own these pennies. Every penny does matter. We saved them and bought our daughter's wedding gown. I love that story. I haven't told it in a very long time. I love it because it was a nonchalant thing, and yet it made uh, all of us very aware of the power of the penny. You know, they've been trying to take the penny off the market for a long time, old ape. Most of us don't use them, and these days, especially in the pandemic, they don't even want your cash, much less your pennies and your coins. We don't want everybody touching them, and it's very complicated, isn't it? But what God talks about is, do you love giving? Do you have a generous heart? When he says it is more blessed to give than to receive, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Giving to the poor generously. Paul tells us in Corinthians that we are to be cheerful in our giving. The word is often translated hilarious, that we are to be hilarious. With hilarity, we should be giving things away. Now, the opposite of that, of course, is the account of Ananias and Safari in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. They were greedy. They believed that every penny mattered. 
but that they owned every penny and they were willing to lie about what they had so that they could publicly get the blessing of giving but lie about it. This is something that God finds great displeasure in. And I want to encourage you to be not only generous, but to imagine that there are powerful trends in America, profound trends, that Americans are realizing that the job used to support their life have now become their life. The job used to support their life has become their life. And we have seen corporations who are requiring their largest and most paid um, job positions. The chairmans of the board, the presidents and vice presidents are being required to take their vacation days. They're being required to turn off their cell phones after hours and not do business at home. We are a culture that is being shrunk into who we are is what we do. In a year uh, where consumerism is going to be less but debt is going to be higher, we are going to be able to see how much we have lost touch with every penny matters. There are seven things that happen when you become greedy or love money more than you love God. You forget God. And when we forget God, we forget to obey him. You don't trust God, you trust yourself, and you do work long hours and add extra jobs and say, I can catch up in the middle of the night. We are often deceived by the very deceiver himself, saying that the lie of the world is more important than the truth of God. And we compromise our own biblical beliefs by doing little cheating things. Little cheating things. My husband was a tax attorney, and he would say to me sometimes, people cheat on their taxes in the smallest ways, these little ways, just trying to cheat a little. And he, he, he would always be shocked that someone would, with any amount of money, try to cheat on taxes by such a small amount. But there was this profound thing that made it sure that they owned it all, that it wasn't God's. It didn't belong to someone else. It belonged to them, and they were cheating on it like Ananias and Safari, and they were keeping it for themselves. We, we don't think that we need to tithe. One of the greatest concerns to 501c3s, especially churches, especially small churches, not mega churches, but small churches, is that somewhere in the history of our country in the future to come, that the tax exemption status for churches would be taken away, and that the average church, which is 200 people strong, would take and be lost within one year's time because they could not afford to operate their buildings and their staff and their lights and their electricities because of the size of their church. Uh, our tithe is, is not, it's to God. It's a recognition, whatever your amount is, it's a recognition that God owns it all and he lets you steward it. And the scripture encourages us to give some of it back. The last thing that happens when we become greedy is we become greedy in a way of life that affects our children and our loved ones. We become greedy 
because we want more and we have to save more and we become fearful if we don't have enough. So I want to remind you that every penny matters and that God is the owner of it all. He is still on the throne, what I said a few days ago, and he still owns it all, and he still knows what you are doing and why you are doing it. Because a God who is on the throne is watching. He's watching and loving and holding you in his heart and asking you to recognize not only the value of every penny, but the willingness to share right down to the last penny what he has given you to whomever he may call you to give some of it to. shouldn't end the sentence on a preposition, but I just did. I'm so glad to be with you. Thank you for indulging me in my story of every penny matters and our daughter's wedding gown. And thank you for letting me talk about money these days to encourage you. Trust in the Lord in all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him, and he will be the one who cares for you. Remember, he has promised to never, to the fifth power, never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of recognizing what God has given you.